Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast. Yes, it has been a while, but it's totally fine because we have a special guest with us today. We have Miss Anna Simone. Hello, hello. How hello. Are How are you? Okay. And um, it's been such a, a, a great time to do this because you have all of these things going on and you have so much on your plate but I'm so glad that you were able to squeeze us in of course no I mean for something like this I you know I'm always like yes I'll do it I like saying yes because it gives me a chance to get to know different bloggers and podcasters better um more than just kind of like a fleeting kind of like oh let's post something um and to actually talk to people a lot better for me like I'm just like well at least my personality can shine as opposed to just like here's this post and off I go yeah. Um, so I, I always love doing these. Yeah, it's, it's so awesome. Um, so for all of our listeners who may or may not have heard of you, would you like to give them just a little brief background on you and maybe some of your works that maybe we have heard of, maybe that they would like to check out? Sure. Um, uh, as, as you guys said, I'm not alone. Hi guys. <laughs> um, I write sexy feel good romance. Uh, I've written a lot of Royals, uh, a lot of bodyguard romances. I have a new kind of like secret government organization kind of romance. So I'm, I'm calling it my black girl alias. So if you loved alias, this is your jam. Um, if you loved the femme Nikita, the real femme Nikita, you know, the, the Canadian Peter Wilson version, not that nonsense CW nonsense that they put out a few years ago, um, then you will love the Kane which releases on, or depending on when this airs, yeah. <laughs> July 19th. Um, and it's the start of a new series. So I'm super excited where I'm just like really leaning into my love of suspense and, um, fun and danger. I always like to say, I like, I write right, right in that Pierce Brosnan Bond space where it's fun. Um, it's not gritty, but you know, things still blow up and people like almost die. <laughs> there's always a car chase, but at least there's actually romance where the people end up together and it's like a real love connection. Yeah. That's my favorite part because I, I am obsessed with Alias. I have rewatched that so many times. And Girl. when I read the synopsis, I was like, oh, she wrote this for me. Yeah. Because yeah. this is exactly what I'm looking for. I literally tell everybody that every time I'm like looking for like a new read, I'm like, yes, I want hot and sexy, but I want danger. I want us doing I want like a mission I want yes. things to happen I want espionage but I want it so intense and hot and sexy as well and it's so hard to find a good version of that yeah because yeah. most of like the other romances that you find like you know like in small stores and like you know like Walmart or like those bookstores yeah. they have like the small Harley Quinn um like romances of like you know police officers and navy seals but it's not it doesn't it's not it doesn't it lacks the um although i will tell you one author you need to check out because every time i read her i'm like i have no business writing this i'm gonna stop um it's juno rushton and i recommend her book every last breath to anyone who loves suspense it was exquisite and the full 
like definition of how it should be done because it was the perfect blend of 50-50. I find that a lot of like romantic suspense authors, like they like like some, I mean, sometimes some people really do like the sets, but like they just kind of shy away and maybe don't know how. Um, and so then it's like, yes, we're on a mission, which I love. I love a mission. Give me a mission. mission. Give me some danger, danger bang, yeah. but also bang. Yeah. And what I find is that it's like, it's lopsided. It's, or it's and sometimes it can be lopsided the other way. And I'm like, I just like, and it's funny. My daughter, um, she was reading a book and she's starting to read romance now. I haven't really let her read mine yet, but oh. I've been like <laughs> finding my friends that are tamer and pulling them off the shelf. And so I gave her one and she was like, mommy, but there wasn't even a car chase or like a kidnapping, like no kidnapping. <laughs> Why can't you add a kidnapping? She's like, not even a dragon. And she was just like, Ugh. and I was like, oh my God, that's like, that's, that's true facts. Yeah. <laughs> the apple does not fall far from the tree. I, the DNA test is in and she's mine apparently. <laughs> and, um, but I'm always looking for that kind of like balance and usually it's like I can get the hit for the suspense but like I won't then I won't get the hit for the romance or if it's like really sexy romance then I'm not, not getting as much of a hit for the suspense yeah. and then but Juno Rushton was Mwah! chef's kiss she was every last breath it's a series of three um but it was outstanding and I really I immediately felt bad about myself like I needed to stop I was like oh yes. <laughs> you're just like I, I can never read stuff but it's it's always like fine to like like mix the two and then find a way that works where like the romance is not like hindered by the, the action yeah the other way around yeah but that they just like are both simultaneously like reaching their like yes. full potential yeah and it's so satisfying to find a book that actually does that so I'm super excited for your book I'm so excited and I will be so excited for many other people who read it and who are also looking for those books that have that perfect balance that have that you know that oh toe curling but still that action packed sitting on the edge of your seat because it's like you know we like we like kidnapping okay we like, we like I mean, and it's funny because I'm always like a little light kidnapping I mean it's not like dark kidnapping where he yeah. like holds you and now you're gonna fall in love with him because I'm like that's Stockholm syndrome you guys um all the people really like people are like dark romance is having such like a renaissance right now um but I don't write that and that's not necessarily my jam but I know a lot of people do but like when I say kidnapping I'm like usually someone's getting kidnapped and like if it's the girl she saves herself like the guy is on his way he's like no go rescue her you know and he's got this like big plan of just like killing everybody and usually she's like meets him outside the building like what are you doing I'm already out you know like that sort of vibe like I'm like yes you're a and couple of minutes late like right I'm like, it's like bro. and he's like and and then he like he sees like the whole like battalion he brought and she's like a little excessive I got out yeah. you know like that sort of feeling where it's funny and fun and you know she's not chained in a basement somewhere yeah that's not so. that's not me um but like I mean so that's why I would say a little light kidnapping People always escape. People <laughs> escape. It's stuck. totally fine. Yeah. Fine. fine. You know, people save I themselves. Mean, We're totally there. Exactly. Yeah. I actually looked up Every Last Breath, which is the final hour series. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, so another yes. book to add to my TBR. Um, 
it's, the cover? I mean, seriously, no, but start it immediately. No, I I don't even know, do you know, Rushton? Do you know the number of times I have like pimped out this book? I don't even know her personally. Um, I just want her to be my best friend, but she like doesn't call me and she doesn't, she just acts like she doesn't know me because she doesn't. But listen, I pimped out this book so hard. It is so unbelievably sexy. Like it's just, and you like, you can tell she has experience. Like, I don't, I don't know if, I think she works for the government in some kind of way, but like, she clearly understands the mechanics of a fight scene. Like, like that's a chick who had been trained in martial arts at some point. And it shows, it shows in the scenes. And it's like, it's viscerally real. And so, like, like I said, it was so unbelievably sexy. Cause usually you're just like, it's like sexual tension, but like, you're like, oh, it's still not juicy, sexy yeah. where you're like, oh my, are they, is this when they bang? <laughs> like, I mean, so it was, it's outstanding. It's so good. It's awesome. Uh, so speaking about like experience, you have this super long and deep backlist. <laughs> um, let's talking about like how you first got into publishing and how you first got into writing like talk about that journey how how did it start for you (laughs) well it started way back when in the paleolithic era of romance (laughs) um uh no I you know I've been reading romance my like since I was 13 and before that like just I was reading anything I can get my hands on literally anything. I mean, I think I was the only nine-year-old with her own Agatha Christie, like, <laughs> full volume edition, you know, with the tiny print that you couldn't really see. Um, and I just, I loved to read. And, you know, it was really when I was working in New York at this god-awful um, uh, place, like, I was, a, I was like a, what was it, like a publicity, like, account coordinator. I was really bad at my job. Let me just be really clear. I was terrible. Um, I was really bad. The only thing I liked about it was the writing, obviously, and then the crisis management aspect. Um, But I hated schmoozing. All the things that you have to do to be in like publicity, I just, uh, public relations, I, I loathed the pitching. I loathed the schmoozing. It was terrible. So anyway, it was in New York and it was the summer Bridget Jones's Diary came out and Every time I would get on the train or the bus, everybody, and literally everybody was reading this book. You'd see the white cover and the eyes. And I was like, what is this book? And so I was working in Uptown New York on Lexington and there was um, a Borders, Rest in Peace Borders over there. And uh, I I walked in and like, when you walked in, it was like, you know how you see all the displays of the books at the front of the store. Now, as a reader, you don't know that that's a paid placement. You just walk in and think, oh, that's the most popular thing. They've made it easy to find. No, paid placement. So I walked in, I'm like, oh. And so then I was reading, you know, I picked it up and I was like, oh my God, this this sounds like me and my friends. This, you know, this like non-melanated British woman, like just her humor was so self-deprecating and just like that interaction, I was like, oh my God. And then I really, that really started me deep into Chicklet and all of those, you know, like Jane Green, all like I read every single book. Um, but, you know, what was highlighted to me was that even though these books were set in London, um, London has never been so white. Like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> ever, like holy whiteness, holy whitewash. And I was like, there's no Asian folks, not, not, not one in London. How? Yeah. Where's the Jamaicans at? I was like, I have been to London many times. 
this is not accurate. And what, like, and as I was reading the book, I was like, but I was like, I can do this. I then before I'd never really put together that I could write before, but I was like, if this is what writing is, I got this. Um, and I think I was just really responding to voice because in my head, writing was something else. And so, you know, that like, as soon as I finished the book, I think it was like the next day after I got it, I pulled out my laptop and I started writing my first book. I knew nothing about conflict and motivation and goal. I knew nothing. I just started like, I was like, I'm going to be rich. Um, but, you know, I did make a mission statement for myself that I wanted my books to be highly marketable, front of store types of books, um, but that featured more women of color. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, we can't just, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so that was my, you know, my mission statement to myself and what I really wanted to do. And, you know, it took me a while to finish that first book, eight years to be exact. I mean, it was shocking how slow that was. Um, but, you know, I went to grad school in there. I moved to Ghana. I did all kinds of things. Um, and when I was back in the States and uh, I had this job that I was just, it was, you know, I, I really did not love it. And I was a project manager at this company. And my husband just looked at me and he was like, shit or get off the pot. You've been talking about writing forever. He's like, you went to grad school, you moved, you had several jobs. He's like, you've always been kind of like tinkering at this book and it's the only thing that seems to make you happy. So finish it. And I just, you know, I was kind of in my corner like, how dare you talk to me like that? I can't believe you said that. I'll show you. <laughs> and I finished. Um, and then, you know, uh, I had a couple agents interested in it. But you know, they were being very kind because they did not tell me how bad it was. I, it, was, it, was it was God awful. Like I was like, I sent this out to people to read every now and again. Cause he bound it for me. It was great. Cause so that I could like read it and like highlight things I wanted to add or change. And every now and again, I'll crack it open and be like, why? Oh God. And I'm just like, I sent that to people. Um, I got a lot of rejections. Uh, but over the course of the time that I was finally finishing and writing, I was taking a lot of classes. I joined RWA. I had learned what conflict, motivation, and goal were. <laughs> and my next book took six months to write. And that was the first one I sold, Game Set Match. Okay. So Hubby Malone was like the one that really set you off and was just like, no, you're doing this. You got to. Yeah. He, he I mean, he's the one with un unflinching faith. When sometimes he should flinch. I'm like, listen, <laughs> have. Um, I don't, I don't, this is, this feels misplaced. Um, but he, he always has it. And so, uh, yeah. And so that's really how the journey started. And then um, game set match. And then really that was like right around the time the Kindle had just started to come out. And, you know, I had like, I got my first check for my, my royalty statement for Game Set Match. And I was convinced that I was gonna be rich. Never mind that the cover was terrible. I mean, and like, especially then as a debut, you get no say on your covers. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna be, it's gonna be great. And you can still see it on Goodreads, it's awful. Um, it's the purple and green one in case you wanna go mm -hmm. look, it's really bad. Pull um, it up real quick. Yeah, no, it's so bad. And like, I was just like, what? Okay, they, my, I don't think my publisher liked me very much, but that's besides the point. I got my first royalty check and it was like $57. And I was like, that's missing several zeros. <laughs> um, 
what um, you're like um guys uh this is wrong um, so and um i had a really great mentor at the time uh she's still a good friend misty evans and she we met in one of the rwa online groups and she was like that's that's nice now write another one <laughs> write another one and she was really pushing i had another book that was like i was doing a call for a publisher they were looking for like a paranormal story. And at the time, do you remember, y'all remember Heroes? That, that show was on NBC. I really that. watched that one too. Me too, girl. I watched Heroes. And so they were asking for paranormal and instead of paranormal, I gave them something Heroes-esque. And that was, that was they said no, which was shocking. <laughs> what? Shocking. They said no. And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Um, but you know, Misty really encouraged me. So she's like, just put it up, you know, on KDP and just see what happens, you know? So I had to, I had to like scramble for an editor and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I put it up, I was like, I made $57 in an hour. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I see. So that was really like my, like my first step into indie. And, you know, I've still sold some books to publishers, but like I'm primarily indie. I like, I'm, I'm just going to say that I like the control. I'm a dom. I mm-hmm. just really, <laughs> like when someone tells me what to do, the way that I just, I start to twitch a little bit and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did you just tell me what to, Whew. The thing is, if I think, if I really respect someone and I think they're doing great and they are like, hey, I have a suggestion, I really do listen. But if someone's just like, no, you're doing this wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I really like lock into the, did you just, yeah. So I, Indy's really great for me and it's been great for my career. And um, yeah, 109 books. I'm on the 109th now. Mm-hmm. Later. Um, I know. So thank you for feeling. I, yeah, I took a look at your- we were, like, oh. we were like, holy we're like, shit. we were like, shit, there's so many here. We were like, oh, let's read a couple. And then we looked and we were like, there's a lot to do. <laughs> they're like, I went to your website and they're by like trope and there's like three scrolls of trope. And I'm, I'm like, she's really done it all. She's yeah. really done it all. Well, the good news is the website does help. So if you're like enemies to lovers, you just click it and it's just like, there you go. Right there. Yeah. Um, I write a lot of enemies numbers. But like it just it helped. Like I, I love the new website because like I would get people ask me all the time. They're like, well, which book of yours has this and this and this? And I was like, I you want me to list them all out? There's a yeah. Bruh. <laughs> Listen, I don't have time to reply to this email, let alone make you a dedicated list. Yeah. Um, and so like really the search bike trip just made it a lot easier for readers to like just go there. You can find what you like. Like if you're like billionaires, you might think, awesome. I have billionaires. Tell me royals are your thing. Awesome. I have royals. If you tell me, you know, I even have some family saga stuff in there. Great. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot. But I usually tell people if they're new to me, I'm like, start at Cheeky Royal and Cheeky King. Um, and then just, I do a very good job in the back of the book. I'm just like leading you where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Read all the way to the end. Just keep going. It's, it's several books deep. Just just keep going. Keep going. You'll, get, you'll get to the end. And then when you finish that, go back to the beginning. Yes. Game set matched. Mm. And so you, your first one that you published took about six months. How long does it take you to push out a book now? Um, it depends. Uh, generally on length. Like, I mean, I can go faster than I am right now. 
I've, I've, I'm trying to get more balance in my life. So usually in about three months, I'll have a book ready. It maybe two and a half. Um, and I can go faster than that. And I sometimes I will, I'll be editing one while I'm writing one, for example. Um, so I can switch off those kinds of days, but, um, in the back in the day, the years I was writing 10 books a year, I mean, it was like, I could write, you know, 60 to 70,000 in two to three weeks and then wow. do a revision round for myself in about a week and a half. And then my editor would take about a 10 day turnaround time. Um, and we would do all of <laughs> Grace and I are literally so- speechless. We're like, wow, that's really, really fast. Yeah, I mean, I like, I've been like, I have a lot of ideas, so like, I, I don't have that problem. Like, I don't know what I'm writing. That's been good. And over the, in the especially in the early days, I had like, a million ideas, and I was like, oh. And then what? Ha- what would happen if this? And so that made plotting really easy. But now that it's like, it's so funny. I like, I was having this conversation with Sierra Simone. It's, it's one of those things where it's like when you know what you're supposed to be doing, like when you have a better idea, it takes a little of the magic sauce off mm. because you start like mentally editing. Yeah. Like even now, like I'll get an idea. I'm like, oh my God, this idea. But my brain starts to go, mm, really, what's the real trope? Like, how are we going to dig in and like, sort of, like really plant this with the by roots? And then you're like, oh, I don't really have one. I just really liked the idea, you know? And you're saving yourself some like awful outlining time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I outline, not a lot of, not everyone does, um, but I really need an outline. And so like, I can, so now I can at least tell when I have an idea that's like not rooted <laughs> and I can just like leave it on the ideas list because maybe it can be rooted later. I just, my brain is not hasn't found a way to root it yet um but I can now I can do that whereas before I would just be like let's do them all (laughs) which is wild would you have any do you have any advice for someone for for example someone like me because like Mm -hmm. me I'm like an idea person because I'll be like oh my gosh what if this happened and it usually starts with like a scene and yeah. I can see it perfectly, usually like something about him and then like something that they do and then like a tension moment or something. And then I'm like, that would be a really great book scene. Where do I go from there? You know, um, in terms of idea, I mean, like everyone's different. People like will get and that some people see it like a movie in their head. And then all they have to do is like literally type it out. Some people, it's like, they just get a snippet. Some people, it's like, like me, I'm like, oh, I have an idea. But the idea comes from anywhere, right? So like, mm-hmm. I, I need artistic input. I need to be watching things. I need to be reading things. I need to be people watching. Like, I'm that creepy person at the airport, like listening to your conversations. Like, <laughs> and then you left her? <laughs> um, but what I do say is, um, especially if you're already mid-project, because I know this happens to a lot of like newer writers, you're mid-project and it's hard and your brain is like, bro, I've got this other idea. Um, I say, give yourself permission to write 500 words. Just keep a file, 500 words. Go write your 500 words and then come back. Um, Cause that just really builds discipline because as you, like, if you decide to go trad or whatever, your book is due when it's due. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no but legitimately it's due when it's due even if you're indie you're paying to hold your spot 
Yeah. You have you you have people counting on you to pay them to edit. So if you don't deliver your book, that's money that your editor is out. That's you decide not to do the book, that's money that your cover designers, like all these things that like you you have to be able to deliver. And that's one of the difficult things um, I think for new new writers especially is like really focusing in on I'm writing this book because you'll get great ideas and those ideas are actually amazing. The number of great ideas that I've had that like when I was writing, I think royalties, I introduced these guys. I was like, yeah, she's gonna work for these guys. It's gonna be great. And the more I wrote about them, I was like, are these, these, oh, oh God, are these, this is a whole new series. And I was like, <laughs> and so, you know, you just grab a notebook and you start like, you just draw it. And like one of the characters just wouldn't leave me alone. And I was like, okay, fine, fine. So I just like went and wrote 500 words and I felt better just at least getting some of it out. Um, did I even use that scene? I think maybe I did. If I go back and think about it, I can go back in my notes and look. But um, just like releasing that pressure of your brain, like I want to do something fun. Great, do the fun thing within reason. Mm -hmm. And then come back to the thing that you committed to finishing is the, the idea that I'll give. But um, the other thing is if you like, you just get like a scene snippet, I would say to really like hone in on characters and who they are. One of the things I've, and people, I'm sure people have seen these before, but Enneagrams, they're like another personality typing thing. Um, and I've done several presentations on Enneagrams, but I would really suggest like hone in on who your characters are. Um, and one cheat sheet thing I like to use is Enneagram Institute. They're fantastic because they'll tell you not only what the different types are, but like what the different types are like in relationships with other types. And it tells you your conflict right there. It's because like it's so funny you mentioned that because we have a friend, um, her name is Tanya. She's baby girl, read it. And she and her friends, like she has another like reader friend, internet friends. And they started looking up Enneagrams and then they were like, you know what? We're going to all take the test. And she got everybody to take the test. Oh. And then she got me to take the test and our, our other friend. What's and your so tie? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's the number wing something, right? Yeah. It's just, what's your primary number? So let me look it up again. I'm a nine wing seven. You're a nine. It's so unusual to meet nines. Yeah, I'm a nine. <laughs> but it's it, like it, it gave me, so it gave me a, like, it gave me a nine, but then I was also, it had like two other ones that I could be. And I'm like, I realized that I could be those two other types in yeah. different situations. Yeah. And but your just, primary kind of like where you come back to. I mean, it's anyone who knows any of them. I'm the one, clearly. I don't think anyone is surprised by that at all. But I do present like a three or a six. Uh, yeah, yeah. A three culturally because like, you know, it's like, you know, daughter of like immigrants, it's like, you will be perfect and perfection. And so like a lot of that seeps into like my, no, but it has to be right. Um, mm -hmm. And then an eight, just cause I'm a hothead sometimes. <laughs> And then a six, because I'm just like, six is also very much like order and like things to go right. So yeah, you can, you, you can see it, but primarily I'm a one. Yeah. So looking at it now, 
I my primary is a nine wing one. Okay. And the other ones that I'm really, really close to being is a six wing seven and a four wing three. Four, that's, my other two. Fours are also rare in the in the wild. Fours, fives, and nines, but yeah, those are yeah. the ones that I have. I'm always curious. So I'm it's a great for, it's it's great for building characters because it's such like a base level cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like okay, if you've got a one and a seven, it's like ha ah, because they're exact opposites. But when they're at their best, they come closer together and can present as the others then it's like oh this is a great partnership um and so you know you just kind of like I use that all the time I'll just be like oh I think there are this and then sometimes I'll be writing and I'm like "Mm, does not feel right and then I'm like oh because he's a three (laughs) and then you you fix the personality thing there so I for new writers I'm always like build your characters with Enneagrams. It'll just make them more rooted and solid. And then you can have more fun on Mm -hmm. top of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Having their personality kind of shape what they do in certain scenes, how they react to certain things. Yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're a pretty big planner. You like to plan your- (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't understand. So so my question is, when you're planning though, are you the type of planner to like write it out and like, cause I've seen some authors like just on like Instagram and stuff and they have like these whole like nice like sheets of like their plot they've, they've written out. And I'm like, I mean, I have all my pens, but it's never going to look like that. Like <laughs> it's just chicken scratch. Like what, what's yeah. kind of your like process? I'm not, I'm not, um, I am organized, but I'm not that kind of organized planner. I think that those planner people, like the, they're the ones with the washi tape and it has to, and I'm like, oh wow. Um, because I think I've just learned like my game set match. I like that outline was like 60 pages. It was really just me just writing paragraphs of what it was and then building on that, building on that, building on that. So I had a book, um, but that was, I quickly, and I was like, that's too long. Mm-hmm. And that's too much of a drawn out process and that I need to work faster. Um, another personality type thing I really love is um, Becca Simon's Write Better Faster. So if you do the Gallup Strengths Finders um, and uh, one of my core strengths is I'm an achiever. And that means that I need to be allowed to go as fast as I want to go to like complete something, at least for me, my kind of achiever and to be able to cross it off. And so that kind of outlining is really painful to me. I'm like, oh my God, I could have already done a quick and dirty outline by now. And so over the years, I've just learned to do a bullet outline. And then, um, and then I usually I'll have their personality types before if I, if I can like feel them a little bit, but if I can't feel them, then I'll do my bullet outline and then kind of see where we end up. And then I can feel them out a little bit more, figure out their personal personality types. And then I'll build on the outline. You know, like I'll do it quickly in like half a day and then I go back to it. And I'm like, oh, so what kind of connection will they have with friends? And you start to build that out. And then you're like, oh, okay. So then that's going to lead to this. And then you build that out a little bit more. And then you've got like more fleshed out embodied characters. And so usually I can outline within a week or so. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes then you will fight an outline and then you just have to call in a friend and be like, help me, which is great. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I'm a planner, but like, I'm not, everyone has a different kind of brain, but um, there are lots of tools now. They're, they have that tool plotter 
um, which I, I want to love plotter so much. I have it. I paid for it. <laughs> I just, every time I get there, I'm like, <laughs> I just don't. And I think just my kind of, I need to do a quick and dirty plan mm-hmm. to be able to move forward quickly. Um, and I don't, it, I don't think it like is conducive for that. If someone else is using it that way to do a quick and dirty plan, great. Please let me know. I would love to use it because I'm paying for it, but um, it's very like, I just, I get there and I'm like, no, I'm going to love plotter. It's going to be great. And then I get there and I'm like, ah, it's like with the washi tape. I'm like, no. So I'm, I'm an efficient planner. Let's say that. You found the method that works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. It works. I mean, do you, you talked about how you were literally pushing out 10 books a year. Um, what was the aftermath? Like, have you felt this burnout when it comes to writing or are you still chugging along? And how do you deal with that burnout when it comes to writing? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think most writers, especially after 2020, um, were really feeling it. I mean, I was probably on the precipice of it for a couple of years before 2020. Um, but again, achiever personality. So like, it's like, mm, just buckle down. Cause like, I'm not afraid of hard work. Like I will, I am a workhorse. I will work myself into the ground, which is not a good personality shape to have. Um, as opposed to like, I will work hard, but it's like, mm, maybe we should be working a lot smarter. And um, I was already there and then 2020 happened and it was just like, but the problem is I'm full time. Mm-hmm. So there is no, when the depression hits and you're like, oh my God, there is no backup. Sometimes you just got to get up. and I, there was a book I wrote in there that I was like, that I still look back at. I'm like, mm, this is not my best, <laughs> not my best. And then it's like, really take advantage of those times that you do feel a little better, a little bit more positive, like not as burnt and re- and work like, you know, and then when you are feeling not as great, you know, still do a little bit because I think that the discipline of the motions, at least for me, uh, if you're really disciplined, I think that will work for you. Just try, uh, doing a little bit every day, even if you, even if it's a sentence and you're like, I wrote today. That's a lot better than like, I didn't even write today. If you wrote a sentence, you wrote today. Um, and I think that that, especially for the, if you're like super disciplined already, if, if you're not, if you're the kind of person who needs to be like super inspired before you can write, like I have a lot of friends who like, they just have to like feel the story. Um, and so like a lot of them had a really hard time during the pandemic too, and are still having a hard time. I think everyone is mental health is just, especially when you're a creative is really difficult right now. Um, over the last three or four years, we've all been just feeling it. So, I mean, I was definitely burnt out. Um, but you know, those are things that helped me, but like, you know, I was stuck in the house, like everyone else with my kid doing school and my husband (laughs) loudly in his office. So it was, oh boy. Um, And I used to like, you know, I used to be able to just go to a cafe and just vanish. So instead during the pandemic, I was um, in my second office, which was actually not bad. So I was in the car (laughs) and I had kind of my layout plan, you know, you get your drink and your laptop and you're just in it, or I'd be dictating, or I would do a lot of podcasts in the car yeah I definitely get what you mean about like having that sense of like pushing out as much as you can when you're feeling that like yeah good and that like high because like I'm I'm 
trying to be a graphic designer and there'll be times where like no 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 no, no, is a you are a graphic designer artist you are one have you seen our shop have you seen the things you have created you are a designer you are a graphic designer okay well as it turns to therapy what would happen if you said out loud i am like, what if you just embodied it? What if you just owned it, said, I'm embodying it, as opposed to making it some future thing? Because I, I recognize that it makes it hard because then you could possibly fail. But um, the, the best the best people who are great at their craft fail fast. So fail. Everyone fails. I have failed a lot. Oh, my God. Do, do you want to know? Should I enumerate? Because I have many yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have so many. Oh, my God. Um, that cover of Game Set Match, first of all. Um, but like... <laughs> Um, but what would, what would, what would, like, who would die if you said, I am? No, <laughs> I guess no one. I can't hear you. Was no that... one. What? No. Weird. I, I no can't hear can, can you hear would. that? I can't. I just. It's, it's like there's a mouse in here. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, but like, what would happen? <laughs> Like, and I, I say this to a lot of people who are like, I've always wanted to write. And I'm like, well, what would happen if you actually did? What would happen? Like, because when I wanted to write and there were a lot of people lining up to tell me, oh, well, it's really hard. Like, you know, people want to write and they, and they just can't. And I was like, well, I'm the kind of person that when I want to do something, I do it. So I was skipping lunches with the girls. I was skipping happy hours. I wasn't going. I was sitting my ass at home my laptop writing a really bad story like but I was that was my classroom I was learning I was writing myself into corners and being like oh and I was you know really disciplined but that worked for me for some people something else works for them but like at the end of the day I was like I am a writer and I could feel it in my soul and I was like no I'm a writer and people were like sure you are but then I was like you know what at the end of the day like if I said, oh, I'm trying to be a writer, will I ever be a writer? Mm-hmm. Or I just embrace it because I write every day. Grace is annoyed with me. <laughs> she's, she's giving me the stuff. She, she's but, like, she's, but also, she's like but also say it. it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so. Ooh, there's nothing sexier than hearing you're right. Oh my God. <laughs> this makes me so hot. Wow. So are you going to buy us uh, plane tickets to sleep in your house now? So, I mean, I give you compliments too. We've given I mean, her all the compliments now. We give her everything. Oh, God, I love, I love y'all. You hang out all the time. Okay, so I am a graphic yes. designer. And progress. And I'll have these bouts of like, not wanting to like draw not wanting to like do anything at all and then I'll have like these random spurts of like pushing out like five designs like a day and I'll be like sending them to like Maggie and like to our other friends and then it's like I'll get into like a slump of like not not feeling like doing anything and it's just like but I created those, I at least started those five and I can at least go back to them and work a little bit. And it yeah. feels like now ha- having learned like just a little bit, I can outline yeah. something today. I can add color today, you know, and that does like help push through it. 
so that when like it's finally finished and it's accomplished you know you feel like this sense of like pride like yeah I made it through and it definitely feels good especially in those times where you felt like you were not creating anything at all yeah even though you wanted to but you just couldn't it just it feels the worst but then through that you become like feeling like the greatest thing ever yeah I mean there's I mean I think everyone likes that sense of accomplishment like a job well done um and like I said everyone's mental health has been impacted by the last three Mm -hmm. years and so like you know and there's people who are like I just haven't been able to write anything and I'm like bro that's okay if you're not if you're not able to write like you're not able to write that's just Mm -hmm. your brain and your body are like done because it's like so much going on and so like I just I'm always like take care of yourself but if you can do a little something because I try and like remind everyone that the thing that these are the things that feed us like I I I need like I was a compulsive reader like Mm -hmm. I mean I watched my kid as I'm like okay we're packing for Ghana um you get to bring two physical copies the way she was sneaking in seven shit like I wouldn't notice (laughs) and I was like you have the kindle and she was like but just in case (laughs) we're gone for two weeks yeah yeah you know and it's just and so I was compulsive about it and I like and I get the same way about books and I'm like well if I could just do just a little bit um and that that saved me because you know like the last three years have been really difficult all you know around the world mm-hmm. and so like I think for anyone just like struggling I'm just like find the thing that feeds you and do that mm-hmm. and like and protect that as much as mm-hmm. possible yeah, yeah that's great to hear gosh I'm getting all the pep talk I, I like I literally <laughs> like Grace sends me like these she did like these beautiful uh. beautiful Bridgerton of Anthony and Kate and it's like these comic strips and I'm like these would look amazing as like a t-shirt or something and she's like no and I'm like we have a shot I'm like these need I would wear this I would wear this loud and proud and I'm like just take it and put it on Zazzle (laughs) I gotta put on something we'll see it's not finished yet yet it will be there. It will maybe be. Maybe sometimes it just takes a friend going to Zazzle and being like, well, you weren't going to finish it. So I'm wearing it as is. <laughs> That's true. Don't do that, Maggie. Don't get ideas. <laughs> I'll send you the check in the mail. <laughs> You'll just get like a random check and you're like, and I'll what be is like, this for? I don't know what this is for, but I'll take it. <laughs> do you want to see my outfit at work today? Yeah, that's what provided you that check. <laughs> But there yeah, is yeah. one topic that yes. we must discuss. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We definitely got to touch this one. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy. Listen. Buffy. Okay. All right. This is where we learn about each other, really. <laughs> okay. First, for, our, for our listeners who don't know, oh, oh, who does not know? We all well, and not know that, but all of us here we love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And if you mm-hmm. haven't watched that, where have you been? And I don't even know what to say. You need to correct that. So go watch it, and then come back and listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. So I before we get into the discussion, I want to get like buffy the vampire slayer your like what started what made you start watching it and like your kind of background of like growing to love it and stuff of kind of like oh 
Oh, you got into I mean, it. Wow. You're making me remember <laughs> further back than the Paleolithic era of romance. Um, I'm old. I mean, I look 29. Oh, you look 21, um, darling. Look 21. <laughs> you guys lie so well. I'll see your check is coming. Um, but I, I, I'm, 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 I'm twice that at least. Um, but so like I, I was OG Buffy. So like when it was on TV on the CW, you know, trying to like recording on a, record on your TV um, before DVR. And um, so I was in college when I first watched it. Really, I mean, I think I was out maybe my last year of high school. Um, but I hadn't really paid attention until like I was in college and then, you know, those nights when you're supposed to be like studying for OCHEM and you're like, oh, I just need a break. Um, but, you know, although, you know, Joss Whedon is so problematic now, <laughs> at the time, um, Buffy, especially because, I mean, we'd all seen like it really can't be a bad movie. Um, you know, shout out to Christy Swanson. Um, <laughs> but when Sarah Michelle Gellar, like there was like a level of, not just campy snark, but like actual, like really funny humor. Like I, at the time I really connected to that style of writing. Um, and it was just like hyper compelling. And like the cast of characters, you really, you were immediately sucked in and you immediately cared in a way that you didn't care about the movie in a way that the movie made you just kind of like roll your eyes and like, this is terrible. Um, and so, I think that the writing was just for what it was at the time it was great and then also that strong female character of just mm -hmm. like she was the one meant to save the, the, the world there was no man around a corner you know to, to blow up you know several buildings and you know and destroy a city a cityscape just yeah. to like to <laughs> save whatever and it was just her and this high school girl who had real life problems with boys vampires and friends witches and other friends demons um and she just had like like she'd serious she'd problems with her parents and it was like very normal and but she was also so incredibly strong and like totally kick ass and that at the time really spoke to I think a lot of people and then also that love story with Angel it was just I think we hadn't I mean we'd seen stuff on TV of like you know teen love stories and stuff but it was all kind of like it wasn't quite intense enough. Like nothing captured that sort of like when you are like desperate to be someone with someone feeling. I don't think any television shows really up until that point had really captured that nearly as well. Like they told us that people were together or they shows would tell us that they're together or they belong together. Like, yes, Ross and Rachel, we were all, but like they were older. So in that kind of like high school space, it's like, we hadn't really had that. And so it was just really compelling to watch at the time. So for me, that was what Buffy was. And then, you know, and then Angel and a very young David Boreanaz was very nice to look at. I mean, like- I love David so much. I and just James Masters even, you know, as Spike the Evil Guy was so like incredible. And you're like, he and he was so much older than they were too. So it was like, and he's like a grown ass adult. And he was like, I'm on this team show. But he was, <laughs> as this British, and he's not even British, um, as a British vampire, it was like, so, like it was just ridiculously compelling mm -hmm. and you couldn't stop watching. And so for me, that was the Buffy experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. That show kickstarted my love for him, for David. And like, 
I loved Angel to start. It was like so good. I love the romance in there because like, like you said, it was something different. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. And to this day, like my, one of my all-time favorite shows now is Bones, which <laughs> stars mm-hmm. David. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, my romance with you started way back. Wait, are you also watching SEAL Team? Because he looks a little different. (laughs) Looks a little different. And it's like, I mean, I don't mind the eye candy. And I actually do really like shows like that. Like the procedurals and like the, the, I do like shows like that, especially since I read a lot of suspense. So I'm like, what kind of bomb apparatus is he? Because you don't want to search that on Google. So you're like, how are you setting? Okay. let's get a little more detail here in the dialogue let me know <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah I definitely loved him he's just everything um so I guess that answered my question of like what team we're on um Maggie are you are you a spike so I'm team Buffy. I want Buffy to get with me. I want to get with Buffy. I think Buffy deserves to be like with a woman I think these men ain't shit and that she deserves more than them and I think I could meet that standard <laughs> I love it actually I like being team Buffy and actually of all the men that they had Buffy with I think Riley was probably the best one for her but they neutered Riley that actor was so cute to Mark Lucas I'm like what happened to him um I was like he's a cutie patootie um but I like being team Buffy um because she sacrificed too much yeah she sacrificed so much i mean it was all on her yeah i with angel and her relationship i was that's like when i i was it was like probably 2010 2011 when i started getting into buffy so i was Mm -hmm. was 11 10 i was like 11 12 when i was getting into buffy um that just reveals my age i was born in 2001 so i'm oh my god Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a youngster. Grace, you're like three years older than me. <laughs> uh, no. Four? Five? No. Yes. Do you even understand how old I am? <laughs> are we, are we, no, are because you look no, 21. You're 21. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're 21. Yeah, yes, no, you're, you're right. 21. 21. You're so right. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I loved Angel and hers romance. And it was that like, dark mysterious romance where I was just like oh my gosh this man I was like and then so they didn't emotion. end up together and I was yeah. like heartbroken I was like I yeah, never I was, I was so angry. sad I, cried I was so hard. oh I cried I, was angry. I cried I was so much angry. and then but, I mean, this- but it mimicked real life because like yep. Sometimes you don't get that. I mean, or you yeah. do get a soul shattering love and it really does shatter your soul. Yeah. The yeah. metaphor, guys, the metaphor. Like <laughs> I said, um, it's a shame that he is so problematic and should never yeah. speak about women ever. Yeah. But at the time it was like, he was doing some things. So I used to love, I loved Firefly that he did. I loved a lot of things that he did. And I was like, I was like, yeah. So I was like a Joss Sweden fan. And then you started to like unravel things and you're like, yeah, <gasps> you're like, oh yeah. No. no. Yeah. No. I mean, these yeah. days that you like, you like, you look under a rock and you're like, ah, yep. yeah. Something's always racism. Mm-hmm. I will like, say, oh. yeah. When Spike and Buffy got together, 
I was excited because Spike was like my favorite side character where I was like, oh my gosh, they're in this episode. I'm so excited. But then when they got together, I was like, okay, not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm here because Spike is here, Mm -hmm. but I want him to myself. (laughs) So Buffy, get out of the picture. You just wanted to insert yourself into the show and just have everybody. Like It can just be like a fork. They can all connect to me and not to each other. Like a fork. Yeah, that's four. I mean, James Masters, honestly, he was brilliant. He was brilliant as Spike. And I think that, I don't think he's ever been able to do anything else that where people are like, oh, where people aren't like, oh, Spike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just like um, Giles, like Anthony Stewart head. Like I think every time, every time, I mean, when he rolled up in Bridgerton, I was like, Giles is here. And it's like, that man is like, I have done like 50 whole shows since Buffy. I know, I can't get past it. That's exactly what I think every time I see him. It's so yeah. funny. It's so yeah. hilarious. But that you know, you just know that someone did like a really good job in that character and they did it for such a yeah. long time that you know, well not yeah. but you know, enough time that you just grew to love that character and you will forever associate that face with that character. Yeah. You know? Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. I definitely I mean, loved everything about that show with like all of the different creatures and different dynamics and then like with willow and like her powers and everything else coming into play it was like really i felt like oz got shafted though it was like yeah. willow had tara and then i was like cool cool what are we doing with oz though where where, where does oz get any you know that yeah i did yeah i did feel that that, that show definitely fueled my love of like vampires and that that kind of like paranormal like Mm -hmm. i'm grace knows this i'm not a big twilight fan i am you guys fight it out no because i respect her love of twilight okay i have like i have that like i I hate it so much i love it disrespect of it but it's fine yeah i hate it so much that i end up loving it and i like hate watch it i love it uh, this is so right you guys are like you're like i hate it but i watch it and then i'm just I'm like oh my god let's watch it again yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you know what before i think before buffy like because i have a whole thing i'm not gonna watch something i'm not interested in watching something where there's no definitive way to kill some shit like i just <laughs> listen I need to know that, like, are we staking them? But then you get these Twilight versions that are just sparkly and can't die. And you're like, uh, uh, I just, and then in Blade, there you have Daywalkers. I'm like, guys, listen, I can't, I can't, I cannot. So I generally don't watch a lot of vampires or werewolves and stuff like that, because I'm like, no, I need, I mean, with the exception of like maybe Underworld, because it was like, badass. Um, Such a badass um but and I'm, I'm scott speedman but i was like um usually i don't watch it but like i really enjoyed buffy but i think it was campy and not scary and they were like going with you know established lore of you know just stake the vampires and they die it's fine but like especially when we started getting day walkers and blade i was like i cannot people mm-hmm. i was like i'm not might not make it but i want to know that i at least took one or two with me and yeah. <laughs> me vampires who can't die come on yeah yeah you gotta have some way right i mean I saw this funny, um, it was like this, somebody tweeted a meme and it was like, 
what Edward thinks he looks like out in the sun. And it's just like a picture of like this guy on fire. And then what he actually looks like, and it's just sparkly Edward. And it's like, and it's like, did he really think people were going to notice that much? And I just, and like Stephanie Meyer, problematic person as she is, the culture phenomenon that she created with Twilight and the revolution of books yeah. Wish she was a better I mean, person, but she did well, something. Yeah. We, we we hope a lot of people are better people. <laughs> I think, you know, and, and I think that that's one of the key things that, you know, you learn once you are older and have a little perspective is that like, there are people who create art um, that we love and enjoy and consume, but they're not like, just because they created some great art doesn't necessarily make them good people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just that's just a fact you know like when people are like just like oh my god I love this artist so much because they're a singer and they just and I'm like yeah I know they've got some great catchy songs and stuff but like you know what they're doing behind closed doors like I mean you don't know them and so I think when people like we can go oh I really like that song and then just take a step back and go oh I enjoy it sure I'll go to a concert and have a great time and you know it's really fun like I do you know how many Justin Timberlake concerts I've been to five you know <laughs> five concerts and every time he opens his mouth to talk I'm like please don't say anything <laughs> don't talk because I'm so mad about Janet you know like so like as long as you're not like because there are people who are like you can't say anything bad about him I'm like oh, why yeah he did <laughs> as long as people can like you know like art is such like a weird thing right because you could love somebody's art so much and be like like the other day, my daughter was like, mommy, I, I downloaded this book from the library, Maze Runner. And I was like, oh, mm. I was like, the book is fine. The book is fine. Author is not fine. I mean, like, Harry Potter. Right? Harry Potter ingrained in our society now is yeah. Hogwarts houses. People will ask you, I'm like, I've, I'm on dating apps. And I've had people ask me like, what's my Hogwarts house? And I'm like, it's like, a, it's ingrained into our culture now. Yeah, and it it's is. like, that woman is a straight up LGBTQ foe. Like she just yeah. hates like turf. I do not respect yeah. the woman one bit. Like it's yeah. just, but Harry it's, Potter- a hard, it's a hard thing to separate, yeah. especially when someone is actively saying something that's like, like really denigrating a whole group of people like, and they're actively doing it. It's one, like, it, no, it's not one thing, but it's like, when you know like james patterson recently said things and you're like and and you're sitting there and you're like you could have just stopped your thoughts and been over there minded your business and nobody would have had scenes to say to you but you have to come don't you love how i get my Kenyan accent quick but you have to come and open your mouth and talk nonsense and i'm just always like flabbergasted and i mean especially with jk rowling i mean like they did a whole ass special where she wasn't there and i was like yeah and they made a point to put the date that those things were recorded. Yeah. Yep. To show she is not here. She's not on this. She's not. He's on not invited this. her. We're pulling from way before, from years ago. We're yeah. Pulling this from years ago. Yeah. They made a point to show, like because I mean, it's here. like the, the the problem is like when in the moment of like doing something new or presently doing something and someone is like showing their whole ass, you know, like I look at the Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller situation and I'm like, 
with with their whole movie out oh okay I just yeah I was and so I'm like, so I'm, mad I'm like that. Ezra where are your parents <laughs> where are because you know like how we all have people if we mess up people just like come snatch us up mm-hmm. right Ezra does not have those people like they just get pulled by the ear and slapped with a sandal right? that's what would happen to me like if I acted like, up one bit my mom pulled out the belt and I was scared to do anything right? it was like you just you, you the, we all had people that were like like my cousin's an actor and um, we were having this conversation she was like she's like what in the world with Andrew Miller and I was like I don't know what they're doing but this is a hot mess and they need help but also they need to stop kidnapping people you know and we should and my cousin was like so like <laughs> They have no one in their lives, no yeah. one to be like. Their publicist. Well, Where's their publicist? Where you know? is and so, any like, of their people? <laughs> my cousin was like, the moment I act up, I was like, yes, I would. Your mom would call me, and she'd like go get your cousin, and then I would hunt you down and drag you kicking and screaming back to some detox spot in Ghana, <laughs> and then you would emerge again, and you would make your apologies and get back to work, right? Um. But I was like this, but like there are people that just have, have no one or or are not self-aware enough or like are saying it with their whole chest. And that's what we have to remember is like all these times we're like, oh, but they seem so nice. No, but, but they're they the really with the whole test. They were never nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were hiding it, most likely. They were hiding it. Yeah. But yeah. It is always like that. And it and it sucks for like the rest of like the people who get to like experience all of these like to read the content or to read these books by these authors or like you know that are excited for things excited for the movies and things like that and then all of this news comes out and then you're just like now you have taken something that I was so excited about and have like turned it into something that it's just like well now I have to be like Think about like who you are as a person and how much of that is, is who exactly you are, or is it just something that you have just been that a thought that just came I mean, up it's just difficult, but I always yeah. say I'm like Walt Disney was a notorious racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people mm-hmm. love Disney. Yeah, love Disney, mm-hmm. and I was like, so we just forgot. Cool. <laughs> I yeah. mean. And people, people honestly like forget that that how the like the parks work because I'm a huge like I I I love going to Disneyland. I I love it, love it. You're from love. LA. You love going to Disneyland. <laughs> I love Disneyland. I love going to like the Imagineers and like the the creative process mm-hmm. that people yeah. have there and all of these things. And then I'm um, uh, people who I talk to often and it's just like oh my gosh Walt Disney and all these things and I'm just like yeah but you gotta remember that you know (laughs) you gotta remember that time that this started at and what people were like at that time and he was not very different he was not very different I mean yes very creative very like you know had this vision very talented huge vision and so what no one's gonna go to Disneyland yeah i mean even now pixar they have like a gay couple kiss for like less than a second and the whole like internet explodes and i'm like yeah and then they remove it and i'm like 
-hmm. it's pride month excuse me like mm -hmm. mm, this is this is lgbtqifos here is what i see so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. disney is something's always coming up and it's just it's like, always i mean it's a number of times that you just have to go wow people are still assholes mm -hmm. okay yeah and you know like i mean you see it and we were talking about this a little bit off you know off camera but um when we're talking about tiktok and the everyone's like everyone you know something happens some author will you know show their actual real self and then every you know people like and I'm always like, I'm like, did they say something racist, homophobic, transphobic, sexist? No. Are we really gonna stop? Like, I mean, did they actually plagiarize? You know, like, I'm, like all the like the terrible things that people can do when they're like, I will never read their books again. We're gonna burn their books. And I'm like, damn. Like, I, I mean, can we have nuanced conversation about like what that actually means and looks like? Because mm -hmm. there are people that people be like we are, they're canceled. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like? Because in six months, they're fine. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's the worst part because like, we have a huge uproar and then people forget and then they just move on. It's not even that they forget because sometimes people are holding on to stuff, especially with some authors. Now people are like really holding on and they're like, nah, but like that, those people are still fine because so much of who reads our books and who consumes our media happens off of social media mm -hmm. someone just is in the store and yeah. maybe you're lucky enough to be you know recommended and so someone buys it and they recommend it to their friend and, da -da -da -da. and so it's word of mouth hopefully if things go right um and so that person is still selling fine fine yeah. and the world does not exist on social media so it's just I'm always kind of like I take a lot of the, that with like a grain of salt. You know, every now and again, um, I'll laugh with my author friends and I was like, you know, I just got to go on Twitter every like once a month just to make sure I wasn't. Kids. Oh, I, I Twitter. We've got, we've gotten, we've gotten like ripped on Twitter for one of our podcast episodes with a guy. Oh. Yeah. We, we did an episode with um, a guy who um, he started reading he a book because of book talk. For yeah. like a book. And he he decided oh like it. everybody keeps commenting about this book so i'm gonna pick it up and read it and he read it and we we're just like you know what we haven't had a guy on before so why don't you come on we'll talk about it we'll talk about your experience with you know jumping into like this community that you had no idea about and what were your thoughts on the book and just you know from someone who was just reading it just to read it and and mm -hmm. clearly enjoyed it because he took notes through the podcast with, with notes. notes. I love it. Like with notes. Who yeah. could recall scenes better than Maggie we forgot? <laughs> like yeah. it was like one of our best like, wait, podcast no, episodes. Not that scene, the one in yeah. this, and it was right before this. And then we're just like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. And people were just like, oh my gosh, that's so cringy, and they, they didn't like it, and they were just like, I can't believe it. It was like a 10 second so clip, serious. and they were like, yeah, they're in love us. with him they want to date him stop smiling like you don't need to laugh so much and i'm like y'all realize like we're on a podcast like we want to make the guests feel good and also like we were having a good time we haven't we're talked good to people since. we're not like assholes like the rest of you guys like it's we're not very, like book twitter it's just hello was, book twitter okay. like <laughs> and me i i was just like i saw it and i was just like you know what yeah whatever maggie got mad but me i got I mad was just like you know what 
It is what it is. So Grace, yeah. I got mad. mad. You are gonna be like, it is what it is. That's your personality type. I know. <laughs> I just got mad because it's like the most nine thing ever. I was just like, oh. yeah. I just got mad because it was That's like me they often. immediately went to like, oh, they're in love with him and they're like wanting oh, yeah. to be with him and stuff. And I was like, there's like one or two people in this world that I actually want to be with right now at the moment. And I'm sorry, but he is not it. Right. That seems a little like misogynistic that the first thing you think of when I'm smiling and talking to a guy is that I want to be with him and that mm-hmm. there's yeah. no such thing as being a platonic when I'm a podcast host too. So it's like, yeah. no, I, I have I more integrity. But I think that what, what well, where I have landed on a lot of this stuff, and luckily I've been able to avoid much of it because also I'm like, I'm not done live. Listen, I just find that people who have a lot of time to be mad about stuff on Twitter or TikTok, they're not actually writing. Mm-mm. I said what I said. You can find me <laughs> at Not I'm Alone Writer. I said what I said. If you have a lot of time to be on the social medias, you're not writing. That's mm-hmm. fine. I am writing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who are writing and just have work to do. So like, if that's just your only thing that you're like on, on social, that's fine. But don't like, that's yeah. just what you're doing and that's your focus yeah. but um I just I, I and I said it back in the really the Twitter days and I was like there are a lot of authors that I would see just on like just in Twitter flame wars man and you would see them and I was like ah! and it was like it was very painful to watch but I was like I was like two two writers going at it and I'm like guys 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 what happened to have like actually having like a conversation a nuanced conversation next to people being blocked and like I'm like guys first of all who's writing your books that are due? I just want to know. <laughs> I want to know. I'm just going to ask that question. Oh cool. Other things to worry about. Other um, things yeah. to worry about. But it's just, you know, you just go and you're like, am I canceled? What would I be canceled for? Okay, cool. And, you know, sometimes I say things and I, you know, I, I, I've had like, I haven't done it a lot lately, but I had a, a segment on Instagram that I would do a lot. Talk to me Thursdays. We were also usually social justice stuff. And I would say a lot of things and I'm like, <laughs> I would just... I would give it a day and then go to Twitter just to make sure I wasn't canceled to be like, <laughs> one time I was, someone was trying to cancel me. It did not work out in their favor. And I was like, right. Cause like most people know me as like sitting over here reading, like reading and writing. That's just doing yeah. my job. Yeah. I, so. being on TikTok for so long, I realized that most of those like hate commenters or they're literally just like trolls and they're like 13 and they're like 14. And I'm like, you aren't able to have a nuanced conversation or yeah. even like understand what's happening. Yeah. So I'm not going to give it kind of what Grace said, where it's like, I'm gonna let you do you. And then obviously I had to learn that and I had to be like, okay, you can, yeah. you can do whatever you want. It's not going to affect me because I can literally turn off my phone, but you're going to be sitting there writing about me still and being all pressed. Yes. My, my, uh, Theodore Taylor says to me, I was upset about something the other day and she was like, she was like, listen, um, welcome. She's like, cause only famous people have have haters. And I was like, you know what that is. <laughs> and she's like, and then also famous people don't read their own tabloids. They have people to do that for them. So what are you doing when you're, I was like, yeah, accurate. I mean, I felt like really good about, about what she said. And I was like, you know what? That's true. Only famous people have haters. And I was like, but at the same time, one of the, one of the best decisions I made as an adult, you know, not being a baby, is just going, I am not arguing with people, strangers on the internet. I'm just not. 
That's ridiculous. It's a waste of time. I have things to do. There are books to write. There are books to read. There's like, you know, and there's ways to get engaged in a lot of social justice without like, I don't think, I think social media has gotten us all in this vision that we think we can like, like someone will say something inflammatory and then we think we're going to go in and like change their minds. Mm-hmm. And like, and if, especially if it's inflammatory, like on a comment or like another post, like I, I think there are more, there are ways to do that that is are more conducive to nuance. So I'm just like, if so, like, and I'm always like, look, if you want to actually have a discourse about it, we can have a discourse. Like, I don't mind. I'm not scared. I can have a conversation. Um, will I change your mind? Unlikely. But am I going to be sitting here screaming back and forth on, on the interwebs? No, because I'm a grown up. I left high school a long damn time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, this is ridiculous. Um, you know, the only difference being if someone is saying something racist or homophobic or transphobic, like, mm-hmm. and then just being like, eh, no, that's what you said. That's what that was. And being like, and then just like piecing out, you know, like, but like my whole thing is if people are saying something dumb on the internet, like, I'm like, why do people get so mad when you're like, you're being racist or sexist or homophobic or whatever. But I'm like, because you are, and you know, you are. Yeah. And that's why you get mad. Like being called out. Why? why, why, Like, but why? You said it, you know, you said it, you know what people think that it is and you know what it is when you say it. So just go, yeah. And like, I mean, just own it. Like I find that would be easy. I'm like, just own it. And then I'm like, I see you, you see me seeing you. And then we like, but instead you're going to fight with me. That's not, I'm like, but it is. Yeah. I find it fascinating. So like, I just, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I post on TikTok and then I, I kick because. Oh yeah, me too. It's getting very, whew, that, that's, that is not good for the mood. Like the first, the, the endorphins kick in on every video. Like you're like, oh my God, oh my God. But then eventually you're like, oh, uh-uh. so I had to like pull myself away. And now I just, I barely even check. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's me right now. I have, I think the last video I posted was like maybe, ooh, maybe like three weeks ago. And even before that, it was like, maybe like a month had gone by that I hadn't posted. And it's just like something that I used to be really, really excited about to post and create content. And it was so much fun to do. And then book talk became something else and it was just like oh you know what this isn't really what I want to do anymore and it's not it's we're not here to enjoy it's not that you know it's well, like, yeah. like I said everyone wants to have their lukewarm take it's not even hot it's, lukewarm it's really not and it's always like everybody trying to say something else that sounds different but it's exactly the same thing as somebody else and it's just like well and they're all and it's also the exact same books and i'm like y'all there are only three books out right now mm. and only three kinds of authors okay and then it's always like those people are just like oh and then people are always like oh you know book talk only talks about this and talks about that and it's just like it your for you page is also catered to you so it also is what you are sticking around to watch. Yeah. So you're over here saying that, well, it's so hard to find books with people of color and fantasy books with so-and-so and like, you know, romance books with like, you know, Hispanic characters and black characters and, you know, all of these things. And it's just like, well, who are you watching? Because who do you follow? 
you and I, our pages are not the same. Not the same. Our pages are not the same because we are looking at two different for you pages because my for you page, I could I could scroll, blindly scroll, pick a video, and then have like a new rack with a whole diverse <laughs> casting and whatever with disability yeah. with. Um, happy days with still on TV when I started. Um, I have a unique understanding as a woman of color writing romance in a space where, you know, people historically don't want you. Um, but then also how systemically Amazon does not help you. Like the moment back in the day, if you would, if you would tag your book multicultural or interracial, Amazon would then go urban lit. And that's who it would show your books to. And when you're not writing urban lit, guess what those readers don't want to read? Your fluffy romance, mm -hmm. um, your fluffy billionaire romance. And so those recommendations happen a lot. And then you're like, no, but I'm being recommended with books that don't make sense. When you're like, I'm writing books like, you know, Lauren Page or like whatever, but I'm writing brown characters. Like what's the problem? Yeah. Um, and so like, I, and I think, so whenever people give me the argument of like, well, you know, like how do I even find? And I'm like, oh my God, my Google is broken. How <laughs> shall I survive? If I went to Google and typed in, you know, like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, Does, do you not have Google? What's that like? Yeah. And so the I really, age? What? what? I don't, I was like, if you typed in, and they're like, but isn't it racist to type that? I'm like, no, no. just go and look. It won't, it, it won't hurt you. Um, but I started the Brandable Challenge to really like support authors of color writing romance who like, I've had a lot of luck in that I've had a lot of people who like were really supportive and like helped, just helped me in the days when I was coming up. And I, like, I was like, if I can get anywhere and like stick a toe in the door and just like jam it open, I'm going to do that. And so like, that's why I started that because people would just keep saying to me, but like, where do I even find diverse books? And I was like, you walk your happy ass fingers on over to Google and you type in diverse romance or black romance or Latinx romance, or, I mean, like you're going to get a whole list of people. And then people started being like, oh my God, it's on my TBR. And I was like, did you read it though? And so that's what the Brownable Challenge was about. It was like really recommending to my readers who obviously are going to be fine with brown nipples because they're reading me um but saying hey here's some other authors exactly like me you know who are also writing royals and bodyguards and billionaires and whatever um and and being able to like instead of just saying it's on my tbr actually it's a book club <laughs> don't turn up to the chat you haven't read the book Exactly. Um, and so that that was what we that when I conceptualized it, I was like, I just so, so people can stop saying that. Like, but where do I find these books? Yeah, it's I literally irritating question ever. I literally it's, looked it's, up black romance books, and there is two hundred and seventy four thousand results. And when it pops up, I already have like twenty plus books right yeah. here. The worst best man, party of two. 
a love hate thing. Like there's so many. And I'm like, even Instagram, you could search it up probably. And there's probably a hashtag for it. There's the hashtag. Like, do not, can you research? Since you've been in like publishing for like so long, do you see like there, have you seen like a little shift in the time, like in this past year? Um, yeah, no, in the, in the past, I guess, three years now that we're going to, mm, yeah. sure, in the past oh, three yeah, years, it's been three years, oh my god, yeah, it's so in the past two and a half, three years, um, definitely, but, you know, I think, you know, I have some concern that that window is closing again, mm. because what's happening is publishing is like, oh my god, it has to be on TikTok, if it's not on TikTok, we don't want it, but on TikTok, the books getting recommended are overwhelmingly non-melanated authors mm-hmm. overwhelmingly and so what's happening is those buying teams they're going to forget to do that social piece with that they committed to um and they're like well it wasn't on tiktok so we didn't get and so like the number of times people have said to me they're like well you know i've never heard of you and i'm like yeah i i i'm, I'm I, I, I that's fine and they're like and they're like, well, how long have you been writing? And I tell them, and they're like, how many books do you have? And I tell them, and they're, they're like, but why haven't I heard of you? And I was like, because what you read on Amazon, Amazon won't recommend my books to you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but, but, and like, people get so surprised. And I was like, I write too many brown girls. And so Amazon, you know, like, is going to be like, well, this person hasn't read anything with brown girls, but like, they wouldn't like it. They wouldn't like it. And so they just never do. And so they're, and so like, how are people supposed to get like big on TikTok for publishers to buy them if TikTok also um, pushes down the content of black creators, black and brown creators? Mm-hmm. How, how, how? And then publishers don't see those black and brown creators. So they're like, well, there aren't any here. Nobody's buying these books. Yeah. Then they get to see that dumb shit that they used to say to me back in the day. Nobody wants to read about brown girls. I had an agent say that to me to my face one time as I was doing one of these like pitch things. And I was like, she's like, you know, you have some talent, um, but can you just make everyone white? And I go back to my mission statement. And I was like, no, I can't. Sorry. And she was like, well, best of luck to you. And I will never forget that. Oh. We'll never forget it. We'll never forget it. But I'm watching it on TikTok now. I'm like, so publishers, are you going to do the right thing? Answer is no. And so I'm just really concerned about that window closing. Mm-hmm. Because all the books coming out now were bought two years ago or whatever, right? When it was like, oh, God, we have to, we have to look like we're not racist. Yeah. And so now I'm like, and the thing is, when you acquire these books, are you going to pay? Because you should pay. You should pay the kind of pay that you pay for non-melanated authors. Yeah, you should. You should. And and it's so like it sucks so bad because like you know when you're growing up and you're like looking for like you know like all of the TV shows that we talked about, there weren't people that looked like us. Nope, we're not. There were all white and super. But except Alias, though. Oh. and like you know they looked a certain way and like you know we loved these shows because of what they meant to us and what like they made us imagine and whatnot but then how much more impactful would it have been to see us yeah and now I feel like there's so many of us like now who are like looking for like more things just like us we're not looking we're we're trying to well 
those of us who are trying to look for books who represent the love and the romances that we want to have in our life and you know it does suck because like those creators they don't get the same love that a lot of other creators do get and it's just yeah it's it's just like but we're trying so hard and it's just like in the end of the day it feels like what the fuck are we doing this for then it's not going anywhere it, it, not- it, it does get it's very it's tiring you know mm-hmm. you do get tired um and you know and at book bonanza i was sitting you know i had dinner with a bunch of um authors of color and we were sitting in the like like after all these years we've been sitting here and been like we got to get more authors of color invited to these events like and then you look around and there are more and we're like we're like yes like like yes i see i see us here and then you're like i can still count us on two hands yeah and there's so many more and what happens is you just get the frustrating and like again i think i don't think that it's necessarily like a personal thing although there's an element of that i think that it is systemic because people read what gets recommended to them on TikTok, on Facebook, on Apple or Kindle or whatever, where we read books. And so whatever gets pushed out is a reflection of who you are and the choices you've made, but you have to actively make other choices Mm -hmm. and people don't like work. Yeah, they don't. I said what I said. (laughs) Um, People don't like work. Work is hard. Work requires that you are uncomfortable and people don't want to be uncomfortable. And so they're just like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. I'm just blah, blah, blah. And so it's hard. It can be exhausting, but like, I mean, what, what's the alternative? Give up? No, that's not, it's not an option to give up. Because when I was a kid reading romance and, you know, reading my historicals and, you know, you know, redhead blondes and brunettes, the pink nipples, and still loving, you know, the Scottish lairds, you know, Bonnie Last or whatever. Um, Sassanac. And, and, you know, I, like, I, like, romance can do a lot. I mean, look at what Bridgerton has done, you know, and yes, we have the racist haters who are like, we're just looking for authenticity. I'm like, it's romance, so it's not real. And also, there were people of color in that time. There just were. I don't know where you thought they went, um, but they were there. So they were there. They they were there. there. So um, you're showing yourself, but I, I did the British experience with Sarah Simone um, in LA a few months ago. And it was such a beautiful thing, like seeing all these people just like all walks of life who were brought together by this, like, yes, the books were, the books were fun. The, the, they were, they're fun for what they are, right? Um, and, and Julia Quinn created this world, but I think what really the real magic is like Shondaland's also like like really like filling out the world and making it extra lush with really the diversity and inclusion and just being like like I mean like look we were all sitting here like pining over Jonathan Bailey and Simone Ashley like a dark skinned Tamil Indian woman and a gay male (laughs) and we were like but they just I mean, the way we were all screaming and dying and rolling around on the floor, like, not again. I mean, 
it was the shenanigans that was happening all around the world with people screaming, um, you know, when Simone Ashley was like, you vex me. And I was like, yeah, he does. He's terrible. Meanwhile, take off your shirt. Like we were all feeling those feels. And like, it was just a testament to like what Shonda Land can do and the experience that Shonda has. Like taking something that's great already, you know, we all love Bridgerton, you know, they, they're what they were. Um, but then also then really just like amping that up. And of course you see the haters coming. Well, I just, the people resistant to um, <clears throat> change, I'll say, yep. you know, um, but to see what that could do, like all walks of life, everyone dressed up as like the, of the time and in ball gowns and having a grand time, people making friends. And it's like, oh, are you in LA for this? And like, just getting to know each other and it brought a lot of people together and I was like this is what it can do mm -hmm. so like why are we sitting here still having this conversation about like not recommending books mm -hmm. you know like why are we still having that thing where Amazon's like well we know what you like because you've told us you only read Corinne Michaels so we're only going to give you Corinne Michaels or anyone else like that who's white mm -hmm. you know I'm like you're missing out I know a whole bunch of other authors who write like Corinne Michaels who aren't white. Mm -hmm. You're missing out, but because they tagged their books as African-American or whatever, they're not getting recommended. Yeah. And their careers are heavily impacted. The, the, and then they don't make the money that's going to allow them to do things like the book bugs and these author swaps and all kinds of things. And so they're forever left out of the conversation of the bigger authors. So then they don't get invited to these things like the book finances and the big author signings. Um, and so it's like a systemic cycle and you have like, we just have to keep fighting. Like it's, everyone's like, oh, you know, I always feel like, oh, look, maybe I'm talking about it too much. And I'm like, nope, no, is it fixed? No, okay, I'll just keep talking until yeah. people start like really fixing and really making change. That's, that's, and that's how, that's how change gets effective. And, you know, there are always people. And like I said, I think that window is closing on us a little bit. Um, but hopefully there are people in publishing who are like, mm, I remember the first time we got canceled. Maybe we don't let ourselves get canceled again. Yeah. Um, so I, hopefully that, that the window does not close too quickly. I hope so too, because, you know, I, I got back into reading because of, you know, like COVID and like, you know, which a lot of people did. And so now you know, I used to read back when I was like in like ninth grade and then I stopped and then like, you know, seeing the change of like what types of romance books were there at that time. And then like seeing the access that I have to different books right now mm -hmm. is like so much better. But then also it, at the same time, it's just like, I'll get these other, like you said, recommendations for books. And I'm just like, I don't want white. I don't want white. I want me. I want me in that cover. I want me in that book. Well, I mean, um, and then there's the whole like alternative cover like conversation. And I'm like, y'all, y'all see how like they're quickly shot. Like, because if there's no people on covers, mm -hmm. you're never going to have to see brown skin and be like, oh my God, it was brown. I was yeah. so traumatized and attacked. I mean, and that's, that's essentially why I did my own covers. I was like, look, um, actually, no, with my publicist who was like, we need to put black girls back on these covers. I used to do it all the time, but it did impact my sales, at least at that time. 
And after one of the, I had a set of duets and my publicist was like, no, it's time to go back. And I couldn't, well, no photographer had a model. Mm-hmm. Not, not a dark skin model that they could find a ball guy on a shooting and they just like, oh, I just don't have any of those models. I just, they don't sell. Yeah. And so Nina was like, you just gotta do your own covers. And I was like, what do you mean? Who does that? Apparently I do. Um, the answer is not to solve, solve my own problem by doing that. Like that's not the answer. The answer is have more models available yeah. um, and to make that normal and to like make seeing brown skin on covers a normal thing. Yeah. Um, but now with the alternate covers, yeah. you don't have to. And people yeah. aren't made to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, like, it's a, like, it all spirals into like several levels of conversation, but. It does because like, and then like, you know, there's that whole thing of like the cartoon covers and then like, you know, some of the cartoon covers do allow for like, you know, some books that are more culturally based, like a lot of, um, you know, uh, Desi books get to show that little bit of their culture in the covers and they're absolutely beautiful and it's catering to that tune cartoon animated cover and yet we still struggle to push those because people rather go for like the ones with like the white couples on the front and it's just like come on guys it's right there it's the same thing you're not gonna die it's not yeah the water is not that cold it's actually pretty warm and comfortable and you'll enjoy it I mean like I, I say it I, I used to say this when I did the um talk to me Thursday a lot I was like look there's there's work to be done and we call it we call that eating your vegetables there are books to be read and you're going to feel some kind of some way or you should if you're a decent human being I know a lot of people don't feel anything so I don't know what that says about you but um I'm not judging but I am that's my ju- resting judgment phase but um but romance that's cake vitamin enriched cake it's cake so like people who are like oh i've never read a book by someone who are there this can be brown nipples like it's it's vitamin enriched cake you're fine it's cake it's yeah. cake you're gonna eat it you're gonna feel good you know hopefully the sex is gonna be hot mm-hmm. you know if it's not oh i'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> wrong. pick the wrong one but I mean, it's vitamin rich cake and to get people to eat cake is like the most difficult thing in the world. They're like, oh, well, it's just, I mean, I just couldn't identify with it. I can identify with aliens though. Oh, Heroes. yeah. I, oh. we can all tell I'm like the shade of like a wall. Um, <laughs> I'm literally like matching my wall, but I, so I grew up in Texas, but and I had to, I had to learn about those systematic things that happen. But even now I'm like, where people are like, I don't identify with this. Or like some creators will say that. And I'm like, you can't identify with the human being, but you can like identify with like a seven foot blue alien with like an, a, a foot long dick. And like, you can identify with that, but you can't oh, yeah. mm-hmm. identify with the human. Like, yeah, something's a little sussy about your subconscious there. And I definitely see it in creators too. And I'm just like, yeah, no, not interested. Not interested in you. And they stay with their whole chest. And then they get mad. Chest all out, titties all out, saying it. And you're like, did you? (laughs) And you're like, I'm so confused. Wow. 
Like I, have, I mean, I've had really people say that when they're like, even when they're even speaking positively about me and like the brown nipple challenge, and then they'll say that and they're like, well, you know, I usually can't identify with like, you know, um, uh, like books about with like black women, but you know, this book was great. And I'm like, did you just out loud? So you just backhanded me and just expect me to take it. Cool. It's like, no, listen, I hit back. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm like, if you say something crazy, like you'll get talked about on the, um, talk to me Thursday. Yeah. That's just, I mean, I, I probably won't name names because, but it's going to be real obvious who I'm talking about when I say it. Um, but like people will say that with their whole chest, just, and they're like, they're like, I really love paranormal. And she's like, well, and they're like, yeah, I know. And then they'll be talking about some contemporary book. And then you're like, great, great. And then you're, they're like, oh, yeah, I just couldn't like really identify with this character. The number of times I see that in a review and I'm like, or like, or when they're like, I just couldn't, it just didn't seem believable that like a black woman would marry a billionaire or like oh, a really? black woman would be like a princess. I don't know, it just doesn't seem. And I'm like, first of all, nobody wants a billionaire. Do you know what billionaires look like? <laughs> you want a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, they don't look like this. I'm so sorry. They do not. They don't. Um, they don't. It's so sad. Because it's so they... sad. That's not what billionaires look like. They don't. First of all, if you want reality, okay? Um, also, if you want something uh, realistic, don't read romance books because I'm telling you, it's a story. It's you fantasy. Like, that's the whole point is you're being sold a fantasy. And that's that's that, that's what you're supposed to, like the fantasy is what we all live for. And real life, like everyone's, you know, I'm always joking and I'm like, and they're like, oh, they're like more billionaires. And I was like, look, I can get average any day I leave my house. I can get catcalled by average any, listen, I don't even have to try real. I can go out there with no shoes on. Catcalled right now, right now by average. <laughs> what do I want to write average for? Exactly. I and it's so I, it's so crazy to me because like like I grew up in LA. I grew up in South Central LA, mm -hmm. and to me, it's just like every time I would pick up a book and read it, I would be like, "There is no way that all of these characters that we have interacted with are white." You're telling me there's not like one hispanic there's not one black person there's not one asian person there's oh, not no. one indian person like where were we that's what i'm where saying when i read that helen feeling book i was like no no this is great but have, have you been to london yeah like where is this because i i granted, granted there's there's places like that there's places where they're like it's white everywhere and then it's just like one person of color in that town i granted my high school there. when i went to colorado high school there were two black people in the entire high school yeah like it was yeah. white as could be yeah. and i'm I've so been glad to that high school i'm so glad yeah. i never had to do that because it's i have grown up in like you know los angeles is one of like the most like ethnically diverse places ever because like 
people would be like, oh yeah, you live in LA. But then they think like, oh, you know, they think of the stereotypical LA with like the Hollywood and all of that. But then if you really look at it, people who are actually from LA, they're just like, okay, well, what part? Because you can grow up and like within five miles of each other and have a completely different view of who other people are. And yet we all live there together and we know what it's like to have so many different people ethnically around that seeing a world where it's just white people is so bizarre to us bizarre it's so weird it's and so for weird. me it's just like when I read these books I'm just like no that person's not white to me that person is well I did start seeing some creators be like I just make everybody black in these books when I read them <laughs> yep that's what I do we do it so much I was it's like so I- funny but I mean, but you, but I was like, I was like, no, how about we just challenge people to oh my gosh, was so do better? Um, because like, because what I don't want is every time when white non-melanated readers mm-hmm. pick up a book by someone who's melanated and they're like, why well, just make everyone white in my head? No, no, you're gonna see these brown nipples and be all right, all right? Yeah. Brown titties, because they're not pink. <laughs> that would be very weird. Like, listen, you'd be very strange. She would be like, that does not look right. <laughs> That's like some photoshopping right there. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. Not how it not works. How it works. And that's so the male I perspective. Did- <laughs> that's what a that's what a male, <laughs> that's what a man would imagine. That's exactly what a guy would think. He's like, yeah, pink nipples. Everybody has pink nipples. Like, that's exactly uh-huh. what a man would think. You clearly haven't seen that many, have you? <laughs> yeah, you really <laughs> haven't. Cool. And it's, well, the thing is, it's always dark when he sees them. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I never see the lights in a row. Yeah, because she did not want to see you for sure. She did not want to see you. <laughs> she made sure those lights turned off as soon as you walked into the door because she did not want to look at you. So. It was 2 a.m. and last call. She's like, oh, God. Like, what <laughs> I'll just turn off the lights. It's fine. Turn on music. Like, turn well, off the don't lights. Don't do it. It's never that bad. <laughs> well i think this is a good stopping point so i hope i hope everybody who's been listening has been enjoying us talk because we love chatting with authors i'm having fun like I could. Like, we're our drinks. We need some Yeah, we need I, something. We need, we need a little. We need a little stipper. Okay. I literally could go on forever, but it's almost 11 p.m. where I am. Oh, so, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm two hours behind y'all, so yeah. I work. Yeah. I I do the podcast in uh, Pacific Standard Time, but I work. I live in Central Time, so uh, I have yes, to. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's late for you. It's yeah. it's late for me, and I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, so it definitely. Oh. No, yeah. uh-uh. I, I, I wake up early every day. But <laughs> thank you to everybody who has been listening. Um, make sure you go and check out all of her books. We will have everything linked down below. I'll, at least I'll try to get everything. Um, depends on when I get everything up. It will get up. <laughs> it just might not get up when the episode is up. But I have like a week. So I will get it up. I've said up like five Mostly times. Just focus on the K. This bad. Yes. 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 Which comes focus out. Focus on that one. It because will already that be out. Looks amazing. I kept yes. looking at it. I was just like, oh my god. His jaw. Really His jaw. It's I'm just jaw. like. I just want to like grab it and just. Yeah. 
Nanjula Comber, again, she makes these cups. She's amazing. And yeah. I don't have, I, I did, I had some for signing, but I don't have any more of the alternate cover um, here in my office where I show you, but you can check out the alternate cover too. It's on yeah. Amazon. It's so Everybody, crazy. don't worry. We'll, we'll link the Amazon links right there for you guys. Make sure you guys check her out. Not I'm alone. It has been a pleasure talking Thank with you. Thank you so much We've for had having me. So much fun. <laughs> We probably could go on for a couple more. Hours. We probably could. And yeah. to our listeners, don't forget, we also have a couple new designs up on our Etsy shop. So we have our more books design. We have our beach reader, our reader's beach design. And then we also have our Westport, Washington design, which if you're going to a polycon, Tessa Bailey is going to be there. So if you want to get a shirt for her to sign... I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might be too late because it's Saturday and literally it, it starts is. on Thursday. <laughs> so you'll get it after. You'll get it after. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I'll do better at pushing out more designs because I am a graphic designer. Yeah. You are a graphic designer. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. And next week's guest, I'm just going to say it now because. Anna Huang is coming back on. So we're doing our year later. We had her on a year ago now, which seems crazy, right before Twisted Games release. And so now it's going to be a year later and we're going to reflect on the last year. And so make sure you stay tuned for that episode. That's going to be a good one. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.